This is the one you've been waiting for. What's happening to me? Your psychokinesis and these delusions are... No, you're not listening to me! The one you've been asking for. Hey, Tina, isn't this the way to wear jackets back in the mental hospital? <laughs> concentrate. Concentrate, Tina! The one you've been dying for. You people give me the creeps. Okay, you big hunk of a man, come and get me! Jason ah! is back. But this time, someone is waiting. What's happening, y'all? I'm Nolan. Stacy Glover. Melanie. And you're listening to Cinema Parlor. Well, it's that time again. It's a Friday the 13th party. And on today's episode, we're going to be covering part seven. It would probably help if I looked at that. The uh, New Blood. The New Blood, thank you. Friday the 13th, part seven, The New Blood. Before we get into it, let's talk about what we're drinking today. Melanie, you've made us another delicious uh, alcoholic beverage. What are we drinking? If you could do it justice. It's mm. called It's a Death Curse, but if you would. It's a Death Curse! That's the name of the drink. So essentially, it's just a strawberry mojito. Brought to us by Ralph. Rest in peace, you old son of a bitch. I made all of these together in one big thing, mixed it up, and poured it into three small glasses. So I will tell you what I put into the tumbler, but it's going to be a very strong cocktail if you drink it yourself. So there's four ounces of white rum... Probably two ounces of uh, strawberry daiquiri mix. I always use the any sort of mix I'm using. I get whatever has the least amount of sugar because I add natural fruit into it. And then I use Simply Limeade. And then I cut up some lemons, some limes, some strawberries, muddle Damn them right. in. And we've got a little bit of mint in there at the bottom. Mm -hmm. It's refreshing. It's lovely. Thank you so much. A great drink. It's very refreshing. I think we only have one of these this year, right? Yep, this is our only one this year. Bummer. Yeah. But we're going to have fun with this one. Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood, directed by John Carl Buchler. Buchler. I always say names wrong, so I apologize. John, he's still living with us, so... Nope. Okay. Really? Oh, you're right. He died in 2019. Yeah. I'm sorry, John. Jason is back, but this time, someone's waiting, all in caps. A young girl who possesses the power of telekinesis accidentally causes her father's death after a family dispute at Crystal Lake. Years later, when a doctor tries to exploit her abilities, her power becomes a hellish curse, and she unwittingly unchains the merciless, bloodthirsty Jason Voorhees from his watery grave. I always get so surprised the films that have really in-depth synopses mm -hmm. versus the ones that don't. That seemed like a very... I mean, it's accurate. Yeah. Mostly. And, you know, it wasn't too long. It was it was to the point. You know, I can respect that. In this film, we have starring Kane Hodder as the aforementioned J Jason Voorhees. 
Laura Park Lincoln as Tina Shepard, uh, Kevin Spertes, or Spertes as Nick, Terry Kaiser as Dr. Cruz, Susan Blue as Mrs. Shepard, and that's probably enough. There's a lot of different people in this, most of them only on screen for a minute or two at a time, so. Not worth mentioning. You know. I could if you want me to. No, that's fine. Okay. The genesis of this film. Yeah. So <laughs> I was looking into it, which we we watched a documentary on it or watching the movie. And they're talking about they got a new producer that worked with. Is it Manfredi? He's the one who does the. Yeah. Um, Barbara. Shit. Yeah. Barbara Sachs. Mm-hmm. So her whole conceit was that. She wanted it to be unlike any other Friday the 13th movie. She wanted it to win an Academy Award. And this is sourced from a article from GQ that Scott Meslow did in 2017. At one point, they were thinking of hiring Fellini to direct this film. (laughs) Oh, my God. I guess one of the initial ideas that was shot out. I think this would be better, but... It could just be because I know what this idea turned into and it's trash. Originally, they just wanted to do Jaws on Crystal Lake. Oh, So it, like it would property. be like a resort. And it would be that the they're trying to cover up the killings and they would send somebody after Jason to, like, stop it. Okay. I think that would be so boring. I think it'd be more interesting than this. So it's a Carrie ripoff. A good six, seven years after the Carrie ripoffs just kind of stopped happening. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's the Fury and Scanners and stuff. And I think that this film probably owes more to the success of Nightmare on Elm Street, which initially that's what they wanted to do was Freddy versus Jason. But New Line had no reason to make that deal because the Jason movies were not doing well in the box office. They were still making a, you know, a profit, but it wasn't like the early days of the series. And Nightmare on Elm Street was making insane amounts of money. And this is the same year that 4 came out. Which 4 is the most successful franchise. I feel like these two films have a lot of similarities. Dream Master and New Blood. Well, I I gotta say that uh, this is... I don't think... I mean, there are people I'm sure that will, but... This is inarguably a very bad movie. But I also find it extremely entertaining. I think there's a section of the fan base for this series that loves this film... I think people genuinely like Kane Hodder's performance as Jason in this, and they like the the makeup, I guess. Yeah, that, I mean, it, that stuff doesn't bother me. I, I just don't think the direction's uh, very good, but I do enjoy myself. Yeah, I, no, no, I, I'm with you, Nolan. I have a lot of fun with this movie. It's probably middling, like, in the series mm-hmm. for me as far as rankings go. It's just there are... There are, like, 15 kids in this one, Mm -hmm. and you don't spend any time with them. None of them are very likable. Some of them are actively unlikable. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah, it's but it's entertaining to me. I like it. Yeah. I think it might be the worst in the series. I thought you said that you thought 10 was the worst. I do, but then you said there's things about 10 that you like. I was like, well, there are things about 10 that I like. And I don't know if I can say that about this film. You don't like anything about this. I think that there's and it's not, it's a not couple of decent the, parts, and I appreciate that Weekend at Bernie's is in the movie. But it's not like an MPAA thing. You just, even if the gore was in it, you probably wouldn't like it. Probably, I mean, I probably would like it a little bit more. Yeah. That is the thing about this movie, if you, which it's 
I think it's probably what it's most famous for in the series is that every kill scene is cut down drastically. Mm -hmm. You see most of it becomes implied horror. You might see the aftermath, but you don't really see Mm -hmm. killing happening. Yeah, it does have a very DTV feel to it. Mm. And I respect that about it. (laughs) It is not very well made, but it's just it's got this trashy quality that like that I embrace and I, I, I like that sometimes with movies that like they're they're not trying to be and it's not like not it's not one of those things where it's so bad it's good but they're also like they're trying to make a good movie it's just it's not happening for them but like the performance are so performances are, are so off the cuff that like I find it like just entertaining for my like, personal preference I guess and then also just like with with a lot of these series for me like and Stacy mentioned it too like this isn't the only one they do it with and they do it with like a lot of the latter half of the series but like when they start going with these gimmicky type bits for these later movies to like bring something different to them I like that cuz they just get wacky and it doesn't make any sense that Jason would be fighting someone with telekinetic powers do I enjoy watching it yeah yeah, that's why I want all franchises to go to space. It's so stupid, and they're really bad, typically. I mean, always, they're bad. I really enjoy it. I like a weird... If you're going to go weird, go big weird. I I don't know. I think that maybe just opening things up would be a better way to go on on that type of thing. I think that this is such a weird follow-up to 6, because 6 did the zombie Jason thing, but the whole movie is... Tongue firmly planted in cheek. It's a fun, goofy movie that knows it's a fun, goofy movie. This film is so dour and so serious. And the first like act of the movie, they're trying to make it this serious drama about this girl that's like suffering from these her X-Men powers and like this doctor helping her out. It is terrible. Her dad is an abusive asshole who why do we care that he dies? I think it's the worst cast of kids. It's it's it is clumsy. I would uh, I would compare this to something like the fourth Texas Chainsaw movie, where that movie obviously I would prefer to rewatch more just because of Matthew Matthew McConaughey's that like unhinged performance. Way more fun. It is more fun. Agreed. But I don't know how much the director, like I knew he had like a crazy performance on his hands in that movie, but I I don't know if he was trying to make that type of movie. It just turned out that way. And I kind of feel that way about this one. Like they weren't trying to make something that I find personally very funny and entertaining, but it just turned out that way. Not that Friday the 13th movies aren't entertaining, but like, like you said, I think they were trying to make something more uh, serious in tone. But for me, it just flopped completely hard. But I, but I, I find it enjoyable. Well, and you talk about like the prowess of the direction in this film, and I think it's strange because, like, Troll, it's not a good movie, but it's a competent film, and mm-hmm. I have fun watching it. Like, well, I think it's it, it's yeah. a dumb kids film, basically. It's a, it's a fantasy horror film that it's just yeah, it's it's super nutty and but and all the effects in that film look so good. So the director is clearly a... F- he is a special effects artist. Yeah, like, yeah. And which I read that one of his credits was Nightmare on Elm Street 4. So he, like, did some house effects for them that while... Makes, yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. That's I think that's the biggest tragedy of this. That, one, the producer, Barbara 
uh, Sacks? Uh, yeah, Barbara. Barbara. So notoriously, anytime they tried to do something on set, she would push against it and say no. Like she didn't want to. She didn't want any of this. She didn't like horror. Mm-hmm. She wanted this to be much more polished and posh than yeah. what it. It's a slasher film mm-hmm. and a series of slasher films. Yeah. I don't. Very bizarre. I just feel bad because the film got taken away from the director in such a way that. Again, I don't know that if all the scenes that had been cut were in, if it would be you know, higher up as far as these set of films go. But mm-hmm. it just, if you, if you watch Troll there, he has an eye. Not a great film, but it's really fun. Yeah. Consequently, as you were saying about the uh, producer, Sachs, yes, as, as you said, she wanted something different than the director. It doesn't, it goes all over the place. So it's not one or the other. Instead, you just get this weird mesh up where like half the time it's just people wandering around in the woods and the other half is you're just seeing about, as you stated earlier, 15 different kids being thrown in and out of the film just to see them died off when you really spend no time with any of them. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a strange mix uh, that, that makes an odd, disjointed film. I feel like any time, which he, the director in uh, it's Camp Crystal Lake Memories, that great, huge documentary that uh, goes over each film. It's, I, I feel like we talk about it every time we do one of these. Highly recommend. It's so well done. But I think it's streaming on Shutter. Yeah, I think so. So in that, the director even says, like, someone, I have to imagine the interview question was like, so what do you think went wrong here? And he's mm-hmm. just like, too many cooks. Which mm-hmm. I feel like that happens a lot sure. when a studio is trying to muddle in horror. It's just, mm-hmm. it always, it's it never goes well. Yeah. Well, and especially if you think about like the beginning of the series, it's very focused. Like, it's a Halloween ripoff, but you have, like, Sean Cunningham and Steve Miner mm-hmm. that are kind of, like, steering it for, like, your first three. And then they bring in um, Joe Zito, who I I know we on this show enjoy, and we're going to do one of his movies yeah. a little later in the year. Mm-hmm. But he brings out the excellent fourth one. Mm-hmm. And they they try to do something different with five, where they kind of go back... To the the one thing where there's the mystery of, like, who's the killer? Like, what's going on? Is Jason back? And I think that movie gets by based off of how sleazy it is and how fun the kids are. It's super mean and sleazy. And then by the time they do six, it's like a course correction. We got to bring Jason back. Well, how do we do that and have people take it seriously? Don't take it seriously. Like, it, make it irreverent and fun. Mm-hmm. And they got the best reviews from critics, which it's obviously something that was on their mind if they're trying to produce something more highbrow for this sequel to follow up six. So I, it is interesting, but it's strange to me that just this concept, like Jason versus Carrie, is their, like, fill-in because they couldn't get Freddy. Yep. It is odd that they were so dead set on having a versus film slotted in. It's just, it's an odd thing. Mm-hmm. But again, it works for me, like to a degree. <laughs> I have fun with this picture. So yeah. what are you going to do? We're we ready to get into this? Yeah. Every time we Insane do one of these, notes. I just think of your, um, your Freddy. Part 10? Your part, yeah, it's part 10. The dildo sphere. Oh, uh, dil- yeah. Dildo drill. The dildo drill. It's still there, y'all. Yeah. And us just being like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's a... No, I think you say dildo spear. It's dildo spear. Yeah. And we were like, Well, what? I meant a drill. 
But you kept saying spear. And when I said drill, you're like, it's a spear. <laughs> I'm not knocking you. I, I like it. I don't understand my mind most of the time. No, that's why anytime we do one of these, I get excited for your notes. Well, let's see if I do good. Friday the 13th, part 7, the new blood. Talking legends and death curses. R.I.P. Ralph. So we get this kind of long intro of going back on the series and taking us through part six a little bit before we get started. And then uh, we have a long ass intro of this pretty not this not very good score. And the, there is not it's not it doesn't have like a theme song. Three is like super fun. Four is great. Uh, the intro to this is so it six seemed, is great. Yeah, it seemed like they were kind of aping Terminator soundtrack with the jun 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 jun. It's not that. And good. this is just what is it? Jun jun jun. Yeah, it's yeah. just like chun, jun, chun, jun, chun, chun. jun jun. It kind of sounds like someone starting up yeah. a lawnmower right. and it not going. Yeah, jun jun jun. Some just weird drum beats and whatever. It's yeah, just the, boring. The score yeah. is not not, it's not good. great. Not great. We start the movie. We meet little Tina. Uh, she has some bad child times. I'm surprised you didn't go for a tiny Tina. I thought about it, but I was like, well. It's too late. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, bad child times. She kills her pa. He falls from four to five feet off the... It, just into water. Yeah, off the mm-hmm. dock. <laughs> into water. Doesn't hit anything. His head is fine. There's no trauma yeah. there. And he dies. And also, mm-hmm. we... With something that comes later, are we led to believe that they just leave his body there? Yeah, absolutely. So do they even report it? I don't know. That's a fair question. Like, the only person... I mean, we know the doctor knows, obviously. But other than that... He's a corrupt doctor, though. The wife was being beat. The daughter killed him. Right. They didn't report that murder. Yeah, I think you're right. No. What causes her to use her telekinetic telekinetic powers on her dad is mom and dad were fighting. Tina is really upset. Gets in a little motorboat and just starts taking off. And dad's like, no, don't go. Here's what I don't understand. This is after part six. Mm -hmm. Jason is in the lake at the end of part six. There's the old campground that they're trying to reopen for like the last time. Where do these houses come from? You don't is this a recent development? (laughs) Here's the thing. Part six takes place in the mid nineties. Right. This allegedly Jason is in the water from that point. So, like, we'll say 95 conservatively. So, from 95 to 2005, he's in the lake. I think that this movie is contemporary. It's got to be the year 2020. Okay, fair enough. It's the only thing that makes sense with the style coming back. Okay. They got some of that right. The haircut's less so. Haircuts are rough. But you say that there's a lot of... You need to go look at the youths. Because some of those boys have some really... It's rough out there. I can't do it with them. But, um, yeah, I, I think where we are in the timeline, this is 2005, allegedly. And there would be enough time for... I could buy the there, that one cabin that the party's taking place in. Mm-hmm. Fine, that's one of the remaining cabins from, from that time period. Fine. So someone built a little... A small lakeside house. I'll buy it. That's not that weird to me. Sure. Okay. I'm down with that. <laughs> All right, so basically after this happens, we uh, move ahead. Tina is now a, a teenager, I would assume. Um, <laughs> How old do you think she is? <laughs> I mean, look, you can never tell with these things. She's a teenager. High schoolers or college kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are partying, partying and all the... There's no parents. I guess Tina's mom seems fine with it, but I don't know. 
we'll just say that they're college kids. Why not? I, I think that's safe. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, so we we have this. Wait, they are college kids. He he talks about going to night school. Okay, there you go. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Who's he gonna be? I think he's a doctor on one of the soap operas. Mm. Love it. Like I think he had a, like a, a good ten year run on like Days of Our Lives or something like that. Are you talking about the actual actor? Because I'm talking about what the boy. <laughs> I was hoping he was like sketching out what he was. What no, his career was like- gonna be. <laughs> He's going to be a soap opera star. No. The real life guy. (laughs) Well, that wasn't what was being asked. But also, (laughs) that is some very well done character study. Absolutely. That's your your schooling Mm -hmm. coming into play where you can create. You did that more than the script. You can create backgrounds. You did a good job. I loved it. Nick, Kevin Spiritus. Kevin, okay, so he's credited as Kevin Blair, Hmm. but his last name is Spiritus. Spiritus. That's he's a. Say it, but that's not what he's I'm a Missouri asking. boy. All I'm oh. asking is Missouri. Bread. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Yeah, days of our lives. So mm-hmm. he has a run from '97 to 2003. He comes back in '05, '09, and holy shit! They always come back. He's back this year. So if you are a Days of Our Lives fan, oh, my mom was. You yeah, get to watch guy. Kevin Blair Spirits. I'll be honest, I did watch some Days of Our Lives growing up because my mom always had it on at home. Isn't there like a haunting or something, possession that takes place? There is. There's a man There's, with like an eye patch with a volcano. There is Hope, somebody that's yeah. a big part of that one. That's right. And, a ghost uh, lady. And Bo. Bo. Is that like the romance that's the ages? Right. Mm-hmm. Hope and Bo? Yeah. All these things sound familiar. You're welcome for that knowledge. But again, I just wanted to know if he's going to night school. What is he going to night school for? I just told you. We want to know what the the the, kid. the fake He's going to be a doctor. You think this is a continuation of this boy? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Interesting. I fair, like it. Fair enough. Good job. So years have passed. We have Tina, her mom. And this Dr. Man, who, which Dr. is Cruz. what I call him the whole time. It's Dr. Cruz. I call him Dr. Man. But he's Bernie. <laughs> he's Weekend at Bernie. Weekend at Bernie. Terry Kaiser, I love him. He's, he's, he's pretty good. They come back. They've been gone for years. They come back to the, to the house that Tina and her mom and dad lived in where she killed her dad. And they come back here because Tina has some powers and telekinetic powers, to be specific. And the doctor, I guess... I don't know exactly what they're trying to achieve here, but Tina has gone through a lot of trauma in life because of the events that have happened. So they bring her back to the house to try... I don't know. Melanie, do you have any thoughts here? What were they trying to achieve? Why? So he... To make her abilities enhanced, he has to keep her in a state of stress and induce... Where she's reliving her trauma, essentially. Mm-hmm. So he's taking her back to the starting point of everything. So... Back to the moment where she killed her father, the same house, the same dock, mm-hmm. in hopes that... But also, so there's like a weird thing where he's like keeping tabs on Jason. So he's... I don't understand if he's like wanting to have... If he's wanting to study Jason, so he's mm-hmm. using her to lure him out, or if he wants her to fight him. Yeah, it's a bit... In some weird... I took it that the Jason stuff was her dad's collection, because mm. they find it when they find the gun, and she said, my dad had a gun. Oh, see, that doesn't make sense either, though. No, none of it makes sense. But let me tell you this. Every time I see the mom from this movie, I think she looks like Karg off of Masters of the Universe. Her hair, if you're not familiar with Masters of the Universe or if it's been a while, it's like uh, the the guy that's second in command. 
that fails hmm. Skeletor. He nice. takes him to Earth to follow He-Man and capture Courtney Cox. Yeah, Susan Blue, very famous voice actor. If you look her up, the credits are just Care Bears, My Little Pony, Brave Star, everything in the 80s. We're going to get back to some notes here. Uh, we've got, as they get there, Tina has her luggage that she's carrying out of her car. It spills onto the ground, and out of nowhere, this man named Nick comes up uh, and starts helping her pick her luggage up without her consent. And he, she's like, no. you know, And he's like, no, I, I'm going to help you. And he just starts grabbing stuff, grabs her underpants. Um, grabs her underpants once. Once. Grabs her underpants twice. Twice. Three times. Three times. Mm-hmm. They're bad underpants. <laughs> I understand why she's embarrassed. <laughs> 80s underpants. Like, what did you right. think she's going to have in there? And mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like if she would have pulled out like a G-string, mm-hmm. she would have been judged by all those and girls. how was she to know? Maybe I'm wrong here. How was she to know there was going to be a party of young, attractive men She for thought her? she was going to a cabin where her dad died, where mm-hmm. she murdered her dad. She's like, I'm just going to... With gonna, her mom I'm, and... I'm going to be in my regular... Underpants. Yeah, she's like, mm-hmm. I'm bringing granny panties, I'm mm-hmm. bringing sweatpants, I'm bringing mom jeans that go past the belly button. Mm-hmm. She didn't murder her dad. Her dad's inability to swim <laughs> killed him. Yeah, no, that's that's true. <laughs> you, yeah, you're right. And anyway, I, I love that Nick did this. Uh, I also love his jorts. So, Tina has the power of telekinesis. A couple teens... Uh, I'm just moving through here. Okay. So if you guys need to stop me at any point, go for it. Uh, we meet a couple of teens sexing in a van. Uh, I do comment on Tina and her mom's hair being not the greatest. It's bad. You know, it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's, Even it's, for uh, the... Yeah. We can, you know, encapsulate it in that it's of the times. Sure. I feel like it's bad the for 2000s? the... 2000s? Well, <laughs> 2005, I feel like crimping did come back for a while. True. I had a crimper. Yeah. So... Yeah. I didn't do that to my hair, but... <laughs> Yeah, as a choice. Good choice on you. That's what I say. Uh, Tina ain't nothing but a daddy killer. <laughs> we covered well, this. Well, I, I was I I differed in opinion. Tina awakens zombie Jason through her tears of sadness. This doctor man thinks he has all the answers for Tina, uh, her guilt and her telekinetic powers. Uh, you know, we meet Nick doing some laundry for Tina. And uh, he's wearing all <laughs> denim. Very he's not dreamy. actively doing. He's delivering. Not to. Speak poorly about college men in the world, but I would not trust a college boy to do a light pink button-down shirt, right. fold it, and bring it back to me. Yeah. Look, I, I did like his denim outfit. Just, oh, there's I, a lot of... There's a lot of denim in this movie. There's a lot of denim. There's a lot of style. Mm-hmm. A lot of flannel. At this point, we get the first Jason death scene where Jason slaughters a cute girl named Jane in the woods. And we find out that all these kids are here because... They're going to have a birthday party for a man named Michael. Michael? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so Michael and his girlfriend are on their way to this party. They get stopped in the woods. Their car breaks down. Their car breaks down. Thank you. Obviously. And uh, yes. So Jason kills Jane and then he kills Michael, who was the birthday boy. That's a tough break. Wouldn't you just walk the extra, like, what, a mile at most to get to the cabin where your friends are at? Right. You're going to camp in the woods. It is... Well, okay. No, no, no. You're... We're thinking because we know that it's a surprise party. He doesn't know. So he... She has told him that they're going out there just to camp on their own. 
So that's that's right. And then finally he makes her like he, he keeps because he he's being a dumb dumb dugan and then bitching she's, enough. Where yeah. He's like, All right. And this she's was like, okay, fine. Surprise party for you, dude. Yeah. She's like, Nikki's here. He can come get us. I'm sorry. And then I do like the shade at first where she's like, Nick can just get us. And he's like, why is Nick here? Whoa. <laughs> like what happened mm-hmm. where they flirted one time at a party and yeah. like jealousy. That's true. It was it was mm-hmm. rough. Yeah. Rough Want to know a little Michael. bit more about that little trio. But yeah, that but that makes sense. That's why they can't. Yeah. Then we meet the party college teens. What a crew. There's a lot of people that show up for this. We get this stoner guy. Well, a couple stoner dudes. One who's like a... I don't even know what you would call him. The the more dorky one who's in like... That's the, a he's, sci-fi he's a sci-fi writer. writer. Okay. So you have... Yeah. The sci-fi writer, and then I would say you have... The typical. The, like, hot stoner guy yeah. mm-hmm. who's kind of mysterious yeah. but really dumb yeah. uh-huh. once you start talking to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he, like, enters one of the rooms at this party, and uh, Stacy, I think you mentioned that was the dumbest shotgun of a beer oh, that yeah. anyone's ever had, and it probably is. It made me laugh quite a bit, but I don't really know what he was attempting so to do. You're talking about the hot stoner I'm talking about the hot stoner. He tries to shotgun this beer, but he doesn't, like, punch a hole in the bottom of it. He just opens a beer and slams it upside down on his face. <laughs> so it just... He's not even chugging it. It just it's gets pouring, all over him. It's pouring on his face, <laughs> down his shirt, and he chokes on it. I do love, like, as he's... After he does it, like, it... <laughs> there's a shot of, like, some of the ladies when they're just, like, staring at him. It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Big dumbassery. Yeah. Is that not realistic of a college party? If we're being honest, I know that college college kids, they know Mm -hmm. how to shotgun a beer, but that is something stupid that would happen. Mm -hmm. Have you ever drank a beer like that? No. Say you've got, you're going, like, because this happened as I was growing up, so you're going to a party with some guys who are not very familiar with the drinking or know what they're doing, and they do try to do things just to act like they're cool or know what they're doing, and it goes horribly wrong. What disturbs me about that scene is that seems like a man... Who has been to a lot of parties. Right. So maybe that's the thing that his friends don't tell him about that he does wrong. <laughs> They're just like. Like the window breaking thing and how I met your mother, where it's like they tell their like annoying habits. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. exactly that. Yeah. I, I think you're on Holy shit. That is an episode concept for every single comedy, isn't it? What do they call it? A new girl. It's your. Oh, yeah. It's your like, pogo. Yeah. They call it a pogo because Winston comes out Winston's and hits boner. them with his. The morning wood. Yeah. Mm hmm. Good stuff. All right. Uh, next up, after the party scene, I've got uh, we meet MacGruber, dude in the woods. He's got a terrible, terrible haircut. It's like MacGruber without the mullet part. It's the it's the front fringe. It's like a bowl cut, but but not. It's worse somehow. <laughs> had this movie had MacGruber in it, it would be better. MacGruber versus Jason. I mean, yeah. Who has the rights to Friday the Thirteenth right now? Is it New Line still or? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'd watch it. I would watch Jason versus MacGruber. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, so MacGruber man doesn't last long. Uh, he's out in the woods, as a lot of the movie takes place of people wandering in the woods. MacGruber gets punctured by Jason in the back through the chest and perishes. Uh, MacGruber's girl uh, gets massacred. A lot of people really like this kill, and it's pretty cool. He takes her body. They're in a tent, and he wraps. Takes while she's, she's in the in a tent, sleeping bag. In a sleeping bag, yeah. And uh, wraps her up in the bag and whacks her body across Which, the tree. This is a, a kill that gets repeated in mm-hmm. Jason X and in the remake. 
Yeah. Which I love them using this kill again and again. I, it's a great kill. Mm-hmm. I think it's better in the other movies because in 10, it's done for comedy where yeah. he's just like... The computer yeah, like that can't die in there. Yeah, so he just keeps hitting him. Yeah, it's really good. And then in the remake, that first 15 minutes, I know... Yeah, and the remake's awesome because he's just got her strung up in the sleeping bag on fire. Oh, oh yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is uh, definitely my... Will be my favorite comedic moment. We get more from Nick. Find out he's from Pittsburgh. And he says, I used to hang out with a real bad crowd. Now, the reason it's so funny is his line delivery in particular and the way it just comes about. Like, he he asks the girl where she's from. And she's like, well, where are you from? And so he's like, oh, we're going to play this, are we? And he's like, fine. I'm from Pittsburgh. I used to hang out with a real bad crowd. (laughs) The implication was like the mean streets of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Kansas, because it's not. (laughs) Like this kid is. Yeah. It's white bread. It's it's one of those moments where it's not very funny trying to explain it, watching it. It's so sweet. It really got to me pretty hard. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, good job. I'm surprised that's your moment. Yeah. I know. He missed the large moment. Right. That isn't my moment. That you've, is, you've got I messed moment. up. No, you're fine. You, you I still have moment. time because we haven't gone the categories yet, obviously. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you can finalize your thoughts <laughs> while you're giving your notes. Tina is cray cray. Um, we're back to the party scene and she gets into a, she's, she has it out with this other girl. I don't even care Melissa. to look up her name. Oh, thank you. Melissa with the pearl necklace yeah. and the fringe. Yeah. So she, obviously this other girl likes Nick and. Nick does not even know that Melissa exists. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't give a shit. He is in no way is he into her. Mm-hmm. It, he does not care. He is annoyed by her. It is like a weird, overly horny energy at him <laughs> the whole time. Like yeah. it is aggressive. Yeah, it's true. So like she, she doesn't like him. She just thinks he's hot, and she wants she to want that dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know which good for her. I guess, yeah. but it's really it's a lot. Yeah. So you know she she. Keeps pushing Tina's buttons here, and Tina loses it on her. Uses that telekinetic power, breaks that pearl necklace that she's wearing. That Daddy gave her, mm-hmm. and it those those pearls just. I like that she starts scooping them up <laughs> as like Nick never... walks in. Yeah, you're. It's never... actually it didn't mean to be, but it's like kind of fun. Yeah. So yeah, next we get another Jason kill. He kills a man named Russell, and I. I'm sorry, I don't remember his lover's name, but she is skinny dipping and she gets killed as well as she is taking a dip in the lake out there. Again, the weird cutting and editing of all these kill scenes aside, Mm -hmm. I thought that the underwater stuff looked kind of cool. It's a lot of nudity. Like the timing on the kill takes, it takes too long. And especially like on the new Scream Factory Blu-rays, get that high def. That's right. It's got it's the, the same with Jaws where you Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you probably see more than they intended. Yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Dr. Man uh, finds a body in the woods. He uh, starts realizing uh, Tina may not be lying about the, the dead bodies, but I think he's also... I don't know. I'm a little... I get a little confused on what his Again, thoughts are here. I don't know if he, like, thinks Tina is killing, if it's Jason, or if... I don't know. I don't really know. The fact that we don't know is probably another uh, point <laughs> against the film. Sure. No. Uh, we get some trauma treatment talk with mom and Dr. Man as they're uh, just arguing about a lot of shit that 
whatever, you know? Are you talking about whenever she goes into his yeah. his office yeah. mm-hmm. in, in their house? He's set yeah. up a little pop-up station and uh, she like puts in a VHS of these recordings That's of right. her treatment. Or I guess it's more of like... it's He's him. setting up like a d- dissertation basically of... He's covering a case from the 60s and saying basically what his thesis is on Tina and how he's going to present the stimulus to her to emotionally compromise her so her powers manifest. Yeah. Yeah. Which I kind of wonder if he's, if in that he's like, I know it's 70s, so the timing doesn't work, but I'm wondering if you're supposed to like, if it's alluded that it's Carrie that he's talking about in like the other case. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. But he, um... It's, so she discovers this recording while he's out in the woods, and he comes in her at yeah. the end as she shuts it off. That's right. And then they have an argument. Well, and we we haven't really covered this, but one of the major plot points in this film is a fucking spike that is in the side of a, the house mm. for a moment. Mm-hmm. And Tina tells them about, oh, the big scary zombie man put this spike here. Yeah. So the doctor goes out, hides it. Puts oh, yeah. it in his office. It's found. It's found multiple times by different characters mm-hmm. to prove the doctor man's lying. In right. different areas in the office, True. too, which is also like, kind it's of funny. just it's a weird thing mm-hmm. because that same type of I don't know what it is. I don't know if I, it looks like, like a, a big tent spike. Oh, it could be. It does, but it almost whatever. reminds me of like the shelving. Something beneath yeah. the shelving unit. But mm-hmm. it's like he uses one of those things to kill somebody else. So they find one yeah. bloody. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why would you use the same implement? <laughs> That's stupid. Well, and the whole idea of the spike wasn't there, so you're crazy. It's like, well, what's that big fucking hole in the wall? Yeah. Like, there like is... nobody brings that up. True. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just a weird... It is a weird plot device. After this, uh, Mom has decided, you know, Tina, we need to get out of here. So, this guy's a dick. Yep. I'm leaving. Tina is pretty upset. She decides to steal a car. She crashes it, obviously. Because they're going to commit her. Mm-hmm. Well, the doctor is against mom's will. Right. Which I don't think he can do. He can't. He can. Mm-hmm. He can't. Doctors can commit people. I don't think you can if the child is... Well, again, we don't know how old she is, but if she is underage, he can't He can't commit her. I don't think she's underage. She's an adult. Adult panties. <laughs> Granny panties, if you will. I don't like us talking specifically <laughs> about any panties, because I don't like the word panty. They used to uh, call me the panty dropper. No, they didn't. Okay. But I have seen that very sticker on the back of someone's car. Oh, man. Panty dropper. Mad respect right there. Ew. I want that Seven sticker pan. now. Why? That'd be funny. Panty dropper. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Vehicle as I drive. Uh, what would your mom say if she saw you? No. Would she get it? That's nasty. Well, that's a fair question. No, I, that's a good question. I guess we didn't talk about this girl, but it's all right. Uh, this nerdy girl takes a chance and gets dolled up. Um, oh, yeah. She's very, all that. It, well, I was going to say <laughs> the breakfast club, but yeah. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, she gets uh, dolled up only to die by the hands of Jason. Um, it didn't go well for her, I guess. She's just like nerdy. Okay, but I did have a small theory where okay. I feel like in my mind, because I always like think of segments in horror films if they were dating shows, mm-hmm. and He's kind of being coy with this girl at first, Jason. Right. Yeah. Because I did like your theory. Here. He she walks out, she's in these white high heels, she's in this 
blue shirt, mm-hmm. dress thing, right. with the white belt, and then she's got this very it's statement jewelry, yep. which is a full set. She's got a bracelet, a necklace, bulky, chunky earrings, mm-hmm. and big hair, obviously. Right. But she's coming out, she's looking around, and we see a shot of, J- of Jason where he kind of like he steps jumped. out, yeah. but it's not like a normal like jump scare thing. Yeah. He steps out really gingerly and like looks at her, mm-hmm. kind of shy, kind yeah. of, you know, mm-hmm. just getting a look-see. And then she takes off and she hides in this barn and they have a whole like cat and mouse yeah. thing. And I mean, obviously he gets annoyed and just kills her, but I kind of like the idea of maybe he's, I was a nerdy boy and that's what started all of this. Mm-hmm. You're a nerdy girl. Well, look. We could make something happen. Yeah. Kills in the slasher is a lot like uh, sex in the porn, you know? It's the build up and release. Melanie, I still like your theory. Thank you. I just like the idea of killing all these kids. Like eventually you'd be like, he still has mm-hmm. an open heart, open mind. Yeah. I like that. He's missing a lot of himself. Do we think he still has his penis? No. Eh, that thing's not. in a jar. It's rotted. We have another sex fan scene. Uh, this time I'm calling it the birthday party massacre of uh, two also, people having sex. Also, they're not changing those sheets. That's right. It's the same sheets. <laughs> and people are, people are just... Teenagers just... I mean, I think that's like a 70s and 80s sex comedy thing. <laughs> another couple characters... Are, well, we've talked about them real briefly. But uh, we... Eddie, I believe his name is. He is the... Eddie's the dorky the sci-fi, sci-fi boy. The sci-fi dorky boy. Mm-hmm. He is with... Melissa. Melissa. Who, bitchy girl. Who likes Nick, but Nick doesn't have the same feelings for her. So she tries to get Nick's attention by, like, flirting with Eddie and try to get him to have sex with her. It, she, like, she's not... She doesn't like Eddie at all. She takes it too far mm-hmm. because there's a scene where she is hitting on Nick and Nick's just like... Mm-hmm. I don't like you. Yeah, it's like, I'm not... And then right after that, she goes to Eddie and starts flirting with him and, like, stares at Nick and Nick's just, like, whatever, and he Mm -hmm. leaves. And then she continues to the point to where it's, like, near insertion. Yeah, they're in the bed. They're in the bedroom, on the bed. you say near insertion. He's got his tidy whities that are very loose and baggy. (laughs) His his loose and Mm -hmm. whities. Just, like, full socks are Mm -hmm. up. So, I mean, it was not near insertion, but... (laughs) <laughs> it's definitely too far. So, yeah, as you know, Eddie's Eddie's got a heart on at this point. He wants to get stuff done. And finally she's like, you know, this just isn't going to work for me. The psychological damage that that would actually cause somebody, mm-hmm. that probably does create a murderer, right? Yeah, probably. Like if he's he's got a boner, he's like, oh my gosh, this super like, hot pretty girl. This is happening, this is happening. Yeah, in his mind, he's just like, I can't believe what I, what I did, like wh- how I made this happen, this is yeah. amazing. And I mean, that's she, the beginning of Terror Train. It is. <laughs> if Eddie hadn't been, which, you know, spoiler alert, if he hadn't been killed, yeah. he would have killed. Yeah. Yeah. So after all this happens, uh, Eddie just replies, well, I guess I got a date with soap on a rope, whatever that means. He's like, I got to take a cold shower. I got a date with soap on a rope. And <laughs> well, and he, he says he's fine with the rejection because all the sci-fi magazines have rejected his stories. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> do you think that he, do you think Jason did him a favor? He was going to kill himself later. He was going to kill other people. Yeah. He was going to kill other people. He did seem like that type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess Jason did something right in a way. Next, we have sex and flashlights. Uh, we have the quote-unquote cool stoner man gets uh, a lovely lady, and she gets stoned with him. They have sex. They so stoned, y'all. Stoner man, he decides, well, you know, I'm pretty stoned. Let's go down to the kitchen and look for a midnight munchie snack. So he goes down there. Well, he dies. What are you going to do? 
he doesn't really die in a creative way. It's just kind of most of the kills in this movie aren't that creative. Yeah. No, it's yeah, and that I again, that's not even to say if the gore was in that they would be creative. There, it's very much just people getting hit with Mm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now we come to the point where this will be my favorite funny moment in the film. Uh, Eddie, after he gets denied, I guess since he had nothing better to do after his shower, he goes downstairs and realizes his birthday party probably isn't happening. I'm going to go through some of these gifts. In one of them, he finds a package that says personal penis enlarger, opens it up. Very small. Very small. Very tiny box. Opens it up. It's a magnifying glass. And... I lost my shit. I laughed so hard. I'm a child. Eddie dies, sadly, though, opening these gifts that weren't his. Uh, Jason, uh, yeah, dispatches him. Again, uh, that's just like a rude thing to do anyways. He doesn't know yeah. that Michael's dead, so he's True. being a dick, and he's probably going to kill people yeah. in the future. Yeah, I think coming. Jason does a solid here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, after this, we have another kill with uh, Jason killing the... A lady that stoner man was having sex with. He throws her out of a window. Did you mention the fact that the stoner dude in his room had the cat locked in a closet? I did not. No, that's a good point. But he he did. <laughs> she hears something, yeah. and you get like a, a jump scare kind of thing where she opens this tiny closet mm-hmm. where there's very shallow shelves, and yeah. this cat's just... just. Also, I forgot to mention one other thing is Melanie when you were talking about the nerdy girl being killed in the shed. I didn't mention that. After that moment, throughout the rest of the movie, like every kill, Jason just gets a different, a different implement, power tool, or something from that shed. It would have. It's ridiculous. Yeah, because he he uses like a, a small like a scythe or sickle thing to to yeah. Her, and again, you don't really see anything. He loved the shed. Yeah, it's like this shed's the shit. He's man. like, there's so many tools, so mm-hmm. many, so many. It's like the scene from Commando, but not. Don't, don't even. Just saying that Jason's a fan of work sheds. Yeah, the work is. shed. Yeah. Uh, okay. Also, uh, after th- we just get a lot of kills here. Basically, Jason kills Tina's mom um, with so, like a spear. Just yeah, it's like right. a machete on a stick. Stabs her in the back. Yeah, it's, with Doctor Man there. Well, Somehow, Doctor Man gets out. Doctor Man holds. Does that's true. Jason, as he's walking up, he's like, "Oh my goodness, um, here." And she <laughs> she goes, "Oh, what are you doing? This is weird." She already knows this guy is like trying to seriously fuck up her daughter mentally just so he can provoke her so he can study the reaction and she's still just kind of complying with whatever he wants so he pushes her and holds her firmly so that (laughs) jason can stab her and blood squirts on his face and he's like cool and he runs i'm out of here is it a naginta yeah it kind of looks like a naginta naginta naginta. oh yeah power tool jason this i guess i did mention he just keeps getting new weapons lol doctor man finally dies jason kills him so he's using a weed whacker pole saw a pole saw pole saw pole saw but it's for like cutting tree limbs and stuff so well it's... most pole pole saws don't have like they've kind of got like a chainsaw like a mini chainsaw looking mm. this one looked like a like a table saw so i was telling you guys i think it would be more entertaining to see jason try to get this device running did he put gas in it? Right. Do you put oil in it? How many times did he pull yeah. it actually started? I know anytime I've tried to mess with the equipment like that, I never get it right. I get so mad. So mad. It take it'll take me probably as long to get it started as it would take me to do the job. Which is murder in this case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh all right, Jason gets electrocuted uh from telekinetic powers of Tina. 
And drowned in a puddle. And drowned in a muddy, nasty puddle. She sends the evil dead twigs after him. That's right. Yeah. We get some... Yeah. There was some weird, like, just evil dead vibes throughout the movie. Yeah. I I sense some evil dead vibes. A lot of Nightmare on Elm Street vibes. The idea that this Mm -hmm. is kind of more of an effects film than the previous Jason films. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely seems like they're trying to chase that. Yeah. So at this point, we finally like get to the Jason versus telekinetic powers. The showdown. Yeah, the showdown here. Melissa, as the the lover that wants, well, that wants Nick to be her lover. Would be lover. Would be lover. Thank you. Melissa takes an axe to the head and thrown across the room pretty brutally. I think it's the best one in the movie. Yeah, that one's good. I think that. Had the sensors not chopped up the the axe to the mm-hmm. face, it would be a series best kill. Right. Because I love the way that Kane just tosses her mm-hmm. across the room. It is the coolest thing in the film. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty brutal. Uh, Jason takes a light bulb to the head from Tina with her telekinetic powers. I thought that was pretty funny. Nasty zombie Jason, uh, at this point his face gets exposed for the first time. Nolan, what do you think of his face? Sorry to cut it's, you off. It's fine. It doesn't bother me. Like, do you I don't... like zombie Jason? Yeah, I don't care. Like, it doesn't bother me. I I don't think the effects are that bad, but I also think he's more menacing with a mask. So, like, it takes... Like, I don't think the effects are that bad. It just kind of... It takes you out of it. Because I I think he's more brutal with the mask on. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. never like Jason as much whenever they take the mask Mm -hmm. off. Which I feel like they kind of thought they were doing something and, oh, this is cool. No one's done this. And it's like, he has his mask off in, like, every other movie. Original Jason... In the first four films, I think those parts look cool when he doesn't dis- have the mask the on. Yeah, his, yeah. yeah, his like, face is actually, I think, quite disturbing. In but that. I, like, it, I'm like a little just like unsettled. Yeah, that's the word. And like in this, it's like, again, I don't think the effects are that bad on it, but it's just like kind of yeah. goofy. Even if I like the effects of whatever, I just think it. It's so iconic mm-hmm. with the mask. I, yeah. I like the bag is fine too in mm-hmm. part two, but yeah. I I do I like him covered. Yeah, no, I'm with him. Uh, yeah, so uh, his face gets exposed. Tina uses more telekinetic powers on Jason. There's a lot of fighting that happens here in this house. Uh, it ends with them going like in this. I don't know if it's a basement or whatever yeah, at the bottom. Like and, a cellar. Yeah, cellar. Tina uh, sets Jason on fire. Is this whole sequence just like a really bad remake of the end of Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. Where right, Freddy's eating right. shit throughout the house? I did think of that while yes. watching, for sure. Because, like, getting knocked down the stairs, getting, I think, instead of just a light bulb to the head, I think Freddy was, she's got, like, shotgun That's right. bullets in the, like, the light things. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, in the basement, the it's nails. up on fire. And you have the nails. Yeah, the nails. She throws at him or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, uh, he gets set on fire. Also, the house blows up in the process. Nick and Tina make it out. As we think the film is ending here, we get a Jason re-return. Tina, uh, (laughs) this is obviously one of the great moments of the film. Uh, Tina resurrects her zombie dad out of the lake. Uh, I guess his body has been there all these years. Uh, He drags Jason back to the depths below where he came from. End of film. You see a zombie dad. He is, it's the actor with a little bit of dirt on his face. Mm-hmm. Like he's got a muddy face and that's it. They actually had a full uh, makeup, like a, 
I would say like a collarbone to his forehead prosthetic that they had done for him that it, I mean, it kind of almost looks like very skeletal, but it reminded mm-hmm. me of like the Buffy vampires. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Like, with the built up brow. Yeah. Like very, <laughs> yeah. very high brow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, instead of that, they, uh, that was another one that the executive producer or the associate producer, Barbara, for whatever reason, <laughs> that was the hill she died on where... They got past, I think, having the mask off was something she didn't want. She didn't. She thought it looked gross mm-hmm. and she didn't like it. But he, the director, went ahead and shot that. For whatever reason, the dad's makeup, she was like, no, we're not doing that. So they <laughs> they just put mud on his face. Man. It looks awful. So good. This <laughs> ending's awful. Yeah. Seven on, all the endings are kind of garbage. Eight, he turns into a baby after being it's exposed so, to New York sewage. So weird. I'm gonna but just, this, like, Ghost Dad is really fucking weird and dumb, too. I'm, I, first off, I know where you're coming from. As an entertainment level, I'm going to disagree and say I love this ending. You love this ending? It makes me laugh it's very wild. hard. Because it's bad. It's bad, but I love it. It's wild. Bring on the nonsensical. How do you feel about... Toxic suit, like toxic sludge, baby Jason. I'm so curious. Save that for another day. I don't know what to tell you, other than I just this end does it for me. I do think, not to criticize the end of this film, but as which deserves to be criticized. No, no, but not to do that. In ways that, (laughs) okay, just specifically in Jason being revived and Jason quote unquote dying, I feel like this film kind of does have the weakest points of those two. Mm -hmm. Where, because like six, I think it looks awesome. Mm -hmm. The music is really cool. All of it. Well, it's fun and stupid. It's so stupid and fun. I love it. The way he dies is fun. Mm -hmm. And this is so, like, okay, fine. If you're going with your concept and she makes him arise because she misses daddy, fair enough. (laughs) It is it is a weak. It's really death. dumb. It's really dumb. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Eight doesn't make sense. At least nine, they spend the entire movie explaining why Jason's a dumb worm instead of Jason. So I mean, I guess the ending makes sense in the weird world that they created. Hey, again, whenever you're making big swings, swings really big. I uh, I've got nine is the thing mm-hmm. that I. We've talked about Big it. Big Dick Swinging. I loved it. This yeah. is a bad film. It's an awful film, but I, I enjoyed myself. I'm with Nolan. I have a lot of fun with this one. My least favorite one to watch Do outside you... of 10. Oh, so you... Th- I And I know that we're kind of outliers with this, but you like this one less than you like one. Do you think one is more entertaining? Here's my thing with one. Okay. One is super boring, mm-hmm. but I can appreciate... I appreciate the music. I appreciate the the giallo, just mystery of what's going on. You know, it's all through the, all the kill scenes with the perspective of the hands and stuff. I think that the last 20 minutes are pretty decent with Betsy Palmer, and that reveals really good. It does what it does okay. It's not as good as the rest of, like, the films that followed, but I would take one over this any day. Nolan, obviously, you would take this I over. would take this over one, obviously. I, I like... You take this over the majority I, of them. I, yeah, this is middle for me. Yeah, yeah I like, it's middle for me. I I just I just enjoy, like, the stupidity of it. It's just a movie that I, I find humorous and a good time. Yeah. Should we move into categories? Let's do it. Nolan? You guys are insane. Two through six. Come on. All great. Yeah, but again, this still would put this in the middle. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, they have made a lot of these fucking movies. Yeah, thank I'll you. I'll disagree. Shit tier. 
<laughs> Nolan, since you've already revealed a portion of yeah. yours, do you want to go ahead and finish out your list? Yeah. So yes, the the make them laugh moment is uh, the uh, the penis enlargement gag. Great. I gotta think about this for a second. Where do you get your maximum entertainment from? Well, I mean the end. I'm is gonna, that your high point? I mean, yeah, it's Daddy Ghost. Be. Daddy Ghost Daddy, showdown. Daddy Ghost zombie taking Jason zombie back down to the depths with him. It's 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 something that when you watch it for the first time, I personally wasn't expecting. Is it good? No. Do I enjoy it? I do. So yeah, that's my high. Great job. Your low? My low point is uh, all of the meandering in the woods. Stacy, my make them laugh. You know, I'm going to say just the idea that Paramount thought that they were going to get Fellini to direct a Friday the 13th sequel. Mm. That's yeah. pretty damn funny. True. Mm-hmm. My high point is going to be the heavily edited death of Melissa. I just really enjoy watching her just get thrown. That body. It, just... it looks brutal and it's yeah. it's funny and shocking. It is one of the few times it's I very violent. you laughing. My low point is going to be the rest of the 89 minutes of uh, this film. <laughs> I guess you could put in credits as a high point. Yeah. There you go. Music's really bad. Music is really bad. Mm-hmm. Melanie? Uh, I would say my high overall. I do... It doesn't work 100% or at all, really. But I do like the concept. I like that they were so dead set on doing a versus. So they're like, mm-hmm. Carrie versus Jason. This is... We're going... What a weird thing to mash up. And I just... I do like that it exists. It's so weird. Yep. Uh, my low is... Definitely, it's the score in the MPAA. MPAA cutting, gutting everything from this film. I feel bad for the special effects workers who got all of their skills were just removed from mm-hmm. it. That sucks. And MPAA just for whatever reason really having it out for the Friday the Thirteenth franchise specifically, but slashers and horror across the board. And then my make them laugh is these teenage boys mm-hmm. asking questions and stopping. During sex. Oh, yeah. No boy, <laughs> whenever they are actively having sex with somebody, right. is going to be like, oh, what was that? Oh, mm-hmm. which is kind of a thing in all these films. But right. to this, it happens like four times. Mm-hmm. You have the couple at the beginning, the couple, I mean, they're, I can't even, because I don't know these characters. The names, two van scenes, obviously. There's two van scenes. There's mm-hmm. the one in the house. Yep. The, it's the second the couple that has sex in the van. They stop and they're going to go surprise Michael because they think he's finally there for his birthday party. Yeah. And she goes, oh my gosh, grab a balloon, <laughs> which he doesn't. And she grabs like a kazoo. Yeah. He grabs a kazoo, goes outside. And- in the first couple, it's he stops having sex with her and it's like, why do we have to sleep in the van? Yeah. It's like, it's- like we're, we're having sex. What yeah. are you doing? But it, he stops. I just don't understand the sleeping arrangements. <laughs> what are you talking about? It is the weird... They never stop having sex because they're aware of Jason. They stop having sex because, like... No, that's the thing. Ooh, squirrel. Yeah, if you're scared Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, I might die. Yeah, stop Mm -hmm. having the sex. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you're mid-orgasm, whatever. Like, (laughs) I get that. But no teenage boy is walking away Mm -hmm. from a sexual encounter because they think that they need to surprise someone for their birthday. I really like it. We've Mm -hmm. never gotten a slasher film kill where somebody is, like... In the midst of their vinegar strokes. No, there is. Well, yeah, but you don't see, like, a dude running around, like... No, in the tent, where he stabs him. Yeah. It, like, with the, I don't know, survey pole thing. Oh, in, like, nine? Yeah. Yeah. 
like they're having sex because we've talked about mm. this where it's like they both have an orgasm and then uh, get stabbed uh, immediately uh, together. Yeah. So we have. Nine's kind of raunchy. Nine is raunchy. Uh, yeah, tent sex. <laughs> so if we want to wrap up our closing thoughts, I do have an MFK yeah. just to get to. Uh, I'll, I'll just basically repeat what I've said. Not a great movie, but uh, I enjoy watching it. Have a good time. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. It's it's very middling for me, but I, I have a lot of fun. I like anytime we're at Camp Crystal Lake, and I mean, I prefer whenever it's an act- active camp, but I like kids being at the lake. I dread watching this movie. <laughs> I don't like it. And I'm surprised that I have this movie logged on my letterbox three different times. Mary Fuck Hill, Dr. Cruz, mm. Nick, mm. Jason. <laughs> okay. Hmm. This is a tough one. I think I'm going to F Jason. I'll obviously be doing the Fing because as we discussed earlier, his dick's no longer present. So he'll be the power bottom. Uh, I'm going to kill Dr. Cruz. I just, I don't like his attitude. And I'm going to marry Nick because I'm a little attracted to Nick and I like his denim and we could probably make it work, but I'm going to have to like remind him to stay out of my personals. Um, You know, let me be in charge of my laundry and my things. All right. Mm -hmm. Keep your space. We'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And maybe after a few years, maybe I'll get a little little more comfortable with that. I agree with Nolan, actually. I'm going to fuck Jason. This Jason is very squishy. I'm going to kill the doctor because then we could do Weekend at Bernie's 3. And then I'm going to marry Nick because he's going to finish night school and become that successful doctor Mm -hmm. on the days of our lives. Okay. That's good. And we're going to have a good life together. All right. We'll both wear denim tuxedos. Nice. You know what? I'm going to... Is it the rare turkey? Are we all three in agreeance? No. Can we... Come up with a maybe that's the term. Can we come up with a term like if all three of us somehow ever pick the same things? Like, can it be like a cinema, I think cinema it be a, parlor, a, like cinema some, turkey? So, yeah, no, something, something bowling. No, I understand the concept. We got to come up with something that's more either film related or like us sure. related. We'll think it over. We'll think it over. Sorry we'll to interrupt you. I'm gonna fuck Nick. Nice. Okay. Because he again, he is attractive enough. Mm-hmm. Fine. It, that that's fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry Jason. Oh, okay. He he's not gonna be in the house. Like he's out, like doing stuff, whatever. So many smells. Here's the thing, and this and this could just be the pandemic talking. Mm. But I was at the store buying the ingredients for our drink today, and I swear, and I don't want to kill anybody. Mm. If I was married to Jason and he could just machete anybody that stopped in their yeah. shopping cart right in front of me or ran into me. Or just was blocking mm-hmm. and being a dick in public. Or like the people that don't use their indicators whenever they're turning. Right. If he could just machete them. And take them out. I'm actually fine with that. That's, that's Because I point. feel like that at that, it's Darwinism where it's like, mm-hmm. you're being rude and an idiot. Mm-hmm. You need to be taken down. Yeah. So, and again, that's. I like your thought process. You know, that's just very where I am today. Mm-hmm. And like, it smells and like, it's not great. But again, he's like, not going to be. He's not he, doing his work most roams. of the time. Yeah. He's, he's like, killing. That little coy look across the tree thing mm-hmm. that he did in this. Like, I think he, I think he's ready to settle down at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I'm marrying Jason. Okay. I'm fucking Nick. And I'm going to let Jason kill Dr. Nice. Cruz. Like the way it happens, I'm fine with that. Because <laughs> that dude's a dick. As much as I do love Bernie. Mm-hmm. At least we all chose to kill Dr. Cruz. Yeah. That's we funny. usually don't 
you know. We don't align on much. Align on a lot, but we did on that. And I, I embrace that. Yeah. Well done. Fun episode, guys. Enjoy the Friday the 13th this year. Watch one of these movies. Maybe this one. If not, just watch one. Have a good time. We'll be back here in a couple weeks. Uh, with all that being said, you can find us on Twitter at Cinema Parlor. You can find us on Instagram as well. Rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify. You can find us on SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review if you would. We'll read it. Uh, you can find me personally on Letterboxd at Chuck Madden Jr. Let's go Brady Four on Letterboxd. Plastic Werewolf on all social media. Enjoy. Your Friday the 13th. Don't, if you're having sex with somebody, please do not stop midway and ask questions that aren't related to sexual escapades. Yeah. Don't do that. Let both people finish their job. Yeah. Or like if you're, <laughs> if you've got something on your mind, in that case, fake it. Mm-hmm. Be nice. Yeah. Fake it till you make it, baby. There you go. All right. Yo, we-